This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. The Ashes is the ultimate prize in English cricket. Right, bold. The middle stamps out of the ground. England have won. Willis runs around, punching the air. Australia have been bowled out for 60. And Stuart Broad has taken 8 for 15. England have only won once in Australia in the last 34 years. Eight series, one victory. And it's all over. England out for just 79. They have crashed to an horrendous defeat here. It's pushed into the offside by Vince. Close. 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 Is gone. But this Ashes series very nearly didn't happen, given that England's players didn't want to tour without their families. We're very aware as players that we stand a better chance of winning in Australia if our families are allowed to come for a certain period of time without quarantining. We've tried to have good, honest conversations with the ECB, and have, but if there's no information available to them, then makes things very difficult. So what's it like being the other half of an England cricketer? What does it mean to the players to have their families there? When you're married, you're in a partnership. So you do things together, you make decisions together, you share in like, the responsibilities. And when you're not there, uh, it's all dependent upon me. I actually have them there with me. It's not just about me. I'd love them to have that experience as well. Watch me get out David Warner and, and stuff in Australia, then go to the beach together and celebrate. That would be fantastic. This is Project Ashes. It's late July. England have lost the series against New Zealand, but are preparing to take on India. Due to the team's Covid regulations, players aren't allowed inside venues this close to a start of a series. So I met up with Stuart Broad outside. Three, four, five. Yeah. I won't get too close, but I'll go do it from here. Right, well, Stuart, here we are in the pub. All seems nice and relaxed. Um, are you ready to go for India? I am, yes. Yeah, it's actually been a really unique... This isn't any old pub we've chosen. Broad runs it with Harry Gurney. It's got a lovely large beer garden outside. And this place, I mean, it looks a bit like a like a man with an eye on the future, maybe. Is that what it is? What, the pub? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Harry's obviously retired this summer through injury and taken a real hands-on approach with the pub, which he's really enjoyed. I think, you know, when you when you get to 35, you'd be daft to not sort of plan for the future slightly I mean that's not saying that I have any plans in stopping just yet I, I've, I've found a bit of a new lease of life in the last couple of years from from re, revamping my, my run up slightly and um, I think that the setup around the England test team at the minute although we, we struggled against New Zealand it's, it's young it's vibrant it's energetic and there's some talent there so you, you get encouraged by the environment you're in a lot of the time so I certainly have aims to I don't really set any limits anymore. I went through a period. If, you've, if you'd have asked me at 26, I'd have said, nah, I'll be done at 32. But um, the last couple of years have sort of taught me that if I don't look too far ahead and just, just play and enjoy it, then um, I can have decent success. So, no, I mean, I, I'm not looking at any further than next winter at the moment, um, this winter coming, but uh, I, I feel fit, I feel fresh and just keep enjoying it while I can yeah and are you looking ahead to the winter at the moment I mean in this this India series is clearly huge it's an enormous series um and it always is let alone what happened in the winter when England were beaten of course but there is the ashes to follow and, and is it is it easy not to just drift into that area you know with even with India around the corner I think it's one of the toughest things as an England cricketer 
to not focus on the ashes before it comes. You know, it's, it, I think our media do talk about the ashes naturally because it's the, the biggest series in our sport. Um, but uh, so, of course, we're very aware as a team that we're building up for an Ashes series in Australia and to go and try and regain the Ashes. Mm. And as of today, then, where are we with, with rest and rotation? Which it doesn't seem to be very popular with the players, frankly. I mean, I've talked to you know, a number of fast bowlers in the course of this. And I wouldn't say you know, people seem people want to play. You know, it's a cap. Um, and it just seems that over the last few weeks, maybe that question of, of rotating players might just have eased down a bit. What are you expecting over the next few weeks? Yeah, I think um, I think it's been really harsh on Joe Root, if I'm honest. You know, a guy who pretty much hasn't been able to have his, his strongest side out as an England captain for, for quite some time. Um, because, and to be honest, it's nothing about workloads. It's nothing about the physicality of it. It's all the mental side of COVID bubbles. I think it's all been about protecting guys' mental health through being locked in hotel rooms, really. And, and you know, we did 10 weeks in India and Sri Lanka just after Christmas. And then a few of the guys had... Uh, IPL stints which got cut short and this quarantining I think I think um, when Joss got back from the IPL he told me he'd done a month in his hotel room on his own quarantining in 2021 alone which when you actually say that that's just crazy isn't it that's really tough so I think the the ECB have really taken care of the players mental health in in the rest and rotation but now you're getting into crunch time aren't you getting into crunch series with India and Australia I think the team's got to start gathering some momentum and how do you gather momentum? You play your best team and you win. So we're having to pick bigger squads because of COVID issues and bubbling still, uh, which we were hopeful that we wouldn't have to do for the India series. But you know, I think we're past the stage of seeing what players can do. We're, we're, we're at the business end where we need to win. And are you, I mean, again, not, not for sure, I guess, but are you bubbling? Are you prepared to bubble again uh, for, for this whole India series? Uh, we're trying to keep ourselves cheery by doing two weeks at a time at the minute in the sense that we're only looking at the first two test matches and that is the same as the one-day group have done through the through July of not allowed to go to restaurants. Uh, we'll have a team room that will be outside, so not allowed to socialise inside. We have to take individual cars everywhere, so no team bus. Um, basically to if we can have the mentality that we've not been a close contact with any of our teammates then if someone gets it hopefully it doesn't spread throughout the group so we I feel <laughs> Sagas's eye watch obviously doesn't know what this word silent means <laughs> um, so uh, I, I do feel for Tom Harrison and Ashley Giles with how much Covid has changed and sort of developed and 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 moved because we all know that we're having to protect the players' safety, mainly for the TV money, aren't we, and for the, how much an Indian Test Series means to the ECB. And we saw how important it was to get the cricket on last last summer and how, how that's sort of helped the game so much. So as players, we have a big responsibility to look after ourselves and keep ourselves and our families safe. But also, we need to be able to see our families because, as I mentioned about Joss having so much time in hotel rooms, he's not alone. What's um, he doing there? I mean, have you any idea how... I mean, I remember I phoned Chris Wokes when he was in, in quarantine and Johnny Bairstow, actually, as well, see how they're getting on. And, you know, Chris is quite philosophical about it because that's Chris, isn't it? I, mean, I think Johnny's a bit more wired. But, I mean, what, what, what are they doing? How do they spend their time? Yeah, I mean, we did it in Sri Lanka and uh, India as well where we had to quarantine in our rooms and... Uh, we tried tried to start the morning with like an hour's Pilates or something on Zoom, so you sort of get a little bit of interaction going. Um, 
bit of Call of Duty, that sort of kills a bit of time. I think I completed Netflix in India, to be honest. You know, it's one of those when you were, when you met each other at the ground. Oh, what are you watching? Yeah, I've done that. Oh, what about that? No, I've, I've watched that. Oh, this one's good? Yeah, watch that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. And long days. It's strange, yeah. It's long. And, uh, you know, I've not done the Australia one that's 14 days hard quarantine, which... And, and New Zealand, which I know quite a few of the guys have done, and I think that really tests you. But um, yeah, it, it's one of those things that we have to we have to do in this sort of COVID world. But we just, you know, if you start looking too far ahead at what Australia might look like and stuff, it it can get a bit worrying. I think you just have to say, right, let's get these two weeks over. Right, we've done that. Right, what's next? These next two weeks. So that I'm trying to trying to have a real short term mindset. And yet it's there. I mean, there is a lot of uncertainty about. Australia, And so where are you at the moment? I mean, how would you say the players are feeling about the possibility, at least, of not being able to have any families out there? I mean, is that causing an issue, do you think? That will cause an issue, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I think the players would be very nervous about the possibility of families not going because not so much that you might not see your family or your kids for four months, but it's actually... I felt like in India we might have run out of steam a little bit. We obviously played brilliant in Sri Lanka, the first yeah. test, and... The last couple of weeks, doing the same thing, hotel room, cricket ground, hotel room, cricket ground, seeing the same people without... You, you know what it's like, you've toured for <coughs> a few years. Um, <laughs> having that release of going out for a meal with Emma or you yeah. know, just having that mental release of seeing your kids or really helps with you on the field, and that's quite hard to explain. I don't know what that what it is, but it really does help you perform, to perform. So we're very aware, well aware of as players that we stand a better chance of winning in Australia if our families are allowed to come for a certain period of time without quarantining. So I would say the ball is in the ECB and the ACB's court at the moment. Well, that was interesting and very deliberate from Broad. It became increasingly clear as the summer wore on that many had significant reservations about touring Australia if their families couldn't go with them. I caught up with Jimmy Anderson before the first test. I've done that trip before without my family and it was it was tough but I think for me I'm in a very different position to a lot of other people my family they are young but a little bit older than you know some guys have got very young children some have got pregnant wives as well so it's you know that in itself makes it difficult for for those guys for me I don't you know it'd be something where I'd have to sit down with my family they're always great and a great sounding board and I think that my wife in particular will be keen for me to go she'll know it's my last more than likely my last tour to Australia so I'm sure she'll be on the positive side but yeah we still don't it's still all up in the air so we, we just don't know what's going to happen with that but in this environment teams and so on you know very very close together and, and and not a lot of oxygen around how are you going to stop that becoming i don't know a real distraction and, and perhaps worse during the, the the course of this series well we've had we've already had conversations with the ecb and they've stated very clearly that they're doing their bit for us um, the players have put their point of view across um, and the ECB are now dealing with that issue behind the scenes so that we can focus fully on this India series ahead of us because I think that you know, generally in a series, particularly against India, there's always distractions and the fewer the better really so we don't need this hanging over us throughout the series. But of course it did hang over the series with the captain playing a textbook straight bat every time I tried. We're still waiting on a bit more information um, and we need to keep working closely with the ECB and, and until we, we really have that. And there are very, again, very important conversations that need to continue to keep happening. We have to find out the lay of the land before we can really make any big decisions as, as a group of players. And 
until we have that information, what, what more can we do? We, we've tried to have good, honest conversations with the ECB and have clear lines of communication with them. But if there's no information available to them, then it makes things very difficult. Yes, of course. But do you have any sort of time in mind where you really are going to say, look, we have to know by X what's going on here? You know, hopefully that'll, that'll be the case in, a, in the foreseeable future, in the in short term, but you know, I, I can't give you a, a date. Doss Butler says that he wouldn't want to go on the tour if his family couldn't go with him. Would England travel with a below-strength team? Could the series be postponed for a year? Things started escalating. Some news just in. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison says there will be no special deals for the England players' families to travel with the team for this winter's Ashes series. Boris Johnson had asked him to ease the country's strict quarantine rules. would love to see uh, the Ashes go ahead, as I shared with Boris last night, but there's no special deals there. Um, when it comes to their, their profession, which is playing cricket, I don't see the difference between that and someone who's coming uh, as a skilled, qualified engineer or, or someone who's coming uh, to, to be ready for uh, studying. A summer turned to autumn at home and winter turned to spring down under. Australian captain Tim Payne, remember him, made his thoughts known on his SEN Hobart podcast. The Ashes are going ahead. The first test on December 8, and whether Joe's here or not, to be honest with you, so... They're trying to get themselves the best possible conditions that they can get. But at the end of the day, we all are. And, and we don't want to give them poor conditions because we're going to be in the same, same boat as them. But it'll be worked out, as we've said many times, above us. And then they'll have a choice to make. You either get on that plane or you don't. But no one's forcing you to come. No one's forcing any England player to come. That's the beauty of the world we live in. You have a choice. If you don't want to come, don't come. If you do want to come and represent your country and play in an Ashes series, which Joe Root said that's what they all want to do, that's what they dream about doing, then come and do it. Well, Payne was right. The Ashes will go ahead, whether Tim Payne's there or not, as just a few days later... The Ashes is on. The men's Ashes is on. The ECB board has met today and given its approval for the tour to go ahead... It was a triumph of cricketing diplomacy between the two boards. The players would be able to travel with their families, providing they served two weeks of softer quarantine. After three days confined to their room, they were able to move around the team hotel as well as go out and train. So what's life like for players on tour, especially this year of all years? And what's it like for their families, left without their partners, their fathers, for so long? Back in April, I headed up to Durham to speak to Mark Wood and his wife, Sarah. It's very rare that we get a chance to interview the partner of a player, so I was keen to know what it's like being the unseen support for an England cricketer, what it's like when he's away for months on end, but also what it's like when you join the tour and how much more complicated things are when you've got a child. Their son, Harry, will celebrate his third birthday in Australia. Once again, restrictions meant we all had to sit outside the cafe where we had our lunch. Do you, do you, should I order? I'll have one. Do, just put it on our tablet. Which is like Philly cheese and um, bacon, tomato, hot man. Wood hasn't bowled a ball in an Ashes test since taking the winning wicket back in 2015. As Wood springs into action, goes wide of the crease, bowls it, bowls it! And England have regained the Ashes. Stumps are shattered. England are in little groups, jumping up and down. As an Englishman, playing against Australia is one of our biggest things you can do. I've played a lot of one-day cricket against them, had some success. Um, a lot of success as a team, some success individually. Um, so I'd like to you know, test myself against them again at the highest level. Um, it was, I was a bit naive and young, sort of, not in terms of age, but in terms of, young, in terms of my test career. 
I'd just started, it was all fresh, I didn't, you know, take it all in and I'd love to have another go at it. Um, I think I'm, you know, a different bowler to what I was then. Um, I've changed quite a bit, I've got a lot more self-belief. I had the, a lot of belief inwardly in myself at the time, but because I wasn't putting the performances together, I think um, that sort of knocked my confidence and ultimately every time I was getting back in the team, I was trying too hard. But I was now, um, ever since I've changed my run-up, the St. Lucia test, and um, the Johannesburg test to get those fifers in the bag and you know feel like I am an England cricketer and you know come up against this baggy green thing that they keep talking about. We'll be having my baggy blues on. I'd love to you know stick one up them. Yeah, yeah. How important is it that that Sarah and the families are able to come to Australia? Uh, that would be a big deal for me. Um, of course, obviously at the minute while we're talking about this, it's probably too early to say with with safety and things out with the, the way that it is around the planet, but. You know, it'd be a big deal for me to have my son and my wife there. It'd be a long tour. We've just spent, you know, South Africa in, uh, a couple of weeks off into Sri Lanka. I had a, a week off, then I went into six weeks in India. So it's a long time away from home. And, and to go to Australia for, for such a long time when you're on the other side of the world, you're very lucky in the fact we've got FaceTime and things like that, so you can keep in touch. But my son, Harry, gets bored with FaceTime within 10 seconds. So <laughs> um, it's great for the first 10 seconds, then he's had enough. So to actually have them there with me, to be able to allow him and Sarah to have that sort of experience in life to go to Australia, you know, that's it's not just about me. I'd love them to have that experience as well. Watch me, you know, get out David Warner and, and stuff in Australia. Then, you know, go to the beach together and celebrate. That would be fantastic. So be very lucky to be able to achieve that. And I hope that with the world it is, the way it is, you know, it's not just about going away on holiday. I hope for safety reasons, everything's okay. And we can get out there as a family and, and when I'm on a cricket, I'm switched on with that, but away from cricket, you're not just counting the walls like uh, in the pictures on the wall like I have been when I've been away this time. I can actually have my family there and, and mentally it can, it can help you then on the field because then you know when you're at cricket, you're switched on. When you're away, you can spend time and, and completely switch off with your family. Well, Sarah's listening to that. I, it, it's not an easy business, is it, being a cricketer's wife? Um, well, it has its ups and its downs, but... No, I like I support Mark and what he does, and I'm really proud of him. Um, I've enjoyed watching him play cricket, and um, you know, being a part of sort of historic uh, events like the World Cup and the Ashes. Were and, you there for the uh, World Cup? Yeah, I was there for the World Cup. Heavily pregnant. Heavily with pregnant. Had to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> sit down, Sarah. <laughs> Can you see her? Uh, yeah. Well, at one, one point, so we knew where the families were, and obviously Sarah's heavily pregnant, and I could see that like girls are like. Pat her on the back, trying to say calm down and stuff. So uh, it was a, a bit of a roller coaster for you. I mean, we we obviously celebrated in the night. Sarah was so shattered by I the end that so she, she had to go, to go to bed. But normally you tend to be like quite tame when you're celebrating at the cricket. But uh, at the World Cup, I was a, a different level. <laughs> Honestly, we were up a high. He's a teetotal though, isn't he? He must have behaved himself. Oh yeah, he's uh, he doesn't eat drink. He said, "Alright, enough as it is without without drink. Yeah. That's for sure. I would love to see you drunk." drunk. <laughs> but do, I mean, did you have any idea what it was actually going to be like when you got married? I mean, did you know what the distances well, and the times and the months and so on would be like? Yes. Well, we'd been together for about was it four years before we got married, and when I first met Mark, I knew nothing about cricket, hadn't a clue. And then when he started playing for England, I started going to watch him play and kind of got an idea of what that world was all, all about. And then from that, I ca you just kind of go with it and it becomes 
your life as well as theirs when you're having to live alongside like their schedule of them like playing away in the summer uh, in this country and then going abroad in, in the winter. So, you know, when we got married, I knew what I was letting myself in, in for. But it, was, but it was harder but, originally, wasn't it, because you were a school teacher and, yeah, that, and that's, trying to fit around the holidays, but also me being away and trying to work it like that. It was quite hard, wasn't it? it was yeah, harder. because... Obviously, when you're working, you've, you're restricted to how much time you can get off yourself. And that was like something that we discussed, wasn't it, of how we're going to make this work when I'm working full time. I only get a certain amount of holidays to try and come away and see Mark, play cricket or play cricket in this country and play abroad. So we decided that I would make the sacrifice to become more flexible in my job and become a supply teacher um, so then I could pick and choose when I would just like work alongside being able to to see you play cricket. Yeah but now a mother as well though I mean that's that's quite a long time with a, a very lively I'd imagine he's anything like his father. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lively little boy and, and and quite difficult you know you are it is it is you and him isn't it and uh, yeah that's that's it Um I think like now we're so invested in our family, like your priorities completely change when you have a little one, that the time that you've got together is is pretty like precious because he is away from home, Mark's away from home for a long period of time. Um, so yeah, it's just trying to get that balance, isn't it? Yes. Um, and sometimes when Mark's away, he'll miss out on little things, little milestones that uh, Harry's Harry's doing, taking his first steps and saying his first word. But I suppose, you know, they're the sacrifices you have to make it when you're playing for your country. That, like I was it thinking. wasn't. <laughs> it is sad missing out, though, isn't it? How did you feel? Yeah, no, it is sad. Like I, I mentioned before, like that fear of missing out. Um, Sarah, of course, keeps me updated with pictures and videos every day, which, is, of course, is lovely. But then at the same time, I mean, it lasts for like a minute while you look at the, the video and you think, wow, that's awesome. And then you think, oh, I wish I was there. And then, of course, that, that is hard, but not just hard for me, it's hard for Sarah as well. We've getting used to doing this parent thing together. And then, of course, when I'm not there, she has to completely change the dynamic and the routine. I think that's the hardest thing is the routine changes at home. And then, of course, when I come back, the routine changes again. And that's, um, we always uh, tend to argue in the first week, don't we? Because yeah. uh, I'm still in hotel life and uh, <laughs> trying to get back to home life. Well, see, I think my wife's the same. And the, I, mean, she, I, think, I think she looks forward to me coming back. Um, but I think she's always a little bit anxious about how it's going to be those first few days because you are suddenly back in, in, in the room again That's from hotel it. life for months and so on. Yeah, definitely. It's just trying to get back into the like, household routine and taking on your yeah, responsibilities around, <laughs> around the house, yeah. giving us a hand. But I, th- I would say when you go away for like, say the first three weeks you're away I treat it like a holiday because I get a bit of a break (laughs) (laughs) I get the best of myself I get the watch what I want on the telly um yeah so but then after like say three weeks I start counting down the days till he comes home and then yeah when you are home it takes a little uh, adjusting but uh it's great worst bit for me is counting to going away actually they feel it, that it's all looming there. It's like, I yeah. you know you're going to the hospital or now you're going to the yeah. dentist. There's something gnawing away and it takes a little, oh, oh, oh yeah, it's because I'm going away again. It, it's just there. Yeah. Do you find that? Well, when I had Harry, Mark was home for about six weeks before he went on to South Africa. And the week before you went, I was counting down the days thinking, oh, God, he's gone, he's gone. I'm going to be left on my own with a baby. And uh, what's it going to be like? And all of that. And then the day that you left, I think out of all the days that you leave to go away was the worst, worst day. 
Yeah, because like I say, when you have a child, your dynamic changes, your priorities change, and you look at things so differently. Whereas before, uh, before we had Harry and you would go on tour, I'd be going, yes, peace at last. <laughs> Get yourself away, I'd be throwing the bags out the door. <laughs> but, is, he, uh, is, he, is he as lively at home as, he, as, we, as, we, as we see him playing cricket? Is he, is oh, he quite yeah. full on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, every yeah. day. Easy, Sarah, easy. Every day. <laughs> Singing, the dancing oh, in the kitchen. Oh. It's just because of my son, that, though. I don't act That's the thing I'm worried about, obviously, is when... When I do go away on tour, now he's getting a little bit older, he's starting to understand a little bit more. Yeah. You know, when you start to pack your bags, um, like for me I, and me and Sarah, we know I'm going, but he doesn't quite understand yet. So when he starts to realise that, you know, when I get the cricket bats out, he may start to think that's sad because that's he knows that I'm that I'm going away. So yeah. I'm not looking forward to that bit. But mm. um, The thing is, though, I find that as time goes on, it starts just becoming the norm. Like, Harry will get used to the fact that, like, you go away all the time. It's just going to be what happens all the time. Not that it makes it any easier, but obviously... Well, with my injury record, he'll probably not have to wait that long, so <laughs> <laughs> it'll be Harry. Right. Don't worry about tomorrow. <laughs> no, we're not talking about injuries anymore. Yeah. Lord, um, we don't get the chance to speak to players' wives very often. So there's, there's been groups of wives and girlfriends over the years have been quite competitive, I think, you know, amongst themselves a little bit as well, and, quite, you know, sort of... Defensive of their husbands and that, that sort of thing. Is it what's, what's the atmosphere like with these? Oh, the girls are great. We're I all get along really well and we're all very supportive of each other. We've all kind of gone through the same thing as well because we've, there's just been a massive baby boom. We've oh. all having babies and kids. We've all got married around the same time and then we've all had kids at the same time. So we really do just share in that. That's like a common sort of thing um, amongst ourselves. And uh, yeah, I would just say that we're really, like, really supportive because we all know what it's like. Sometimes you go through hard times, like if your your husband's down and there's something that's like getting to them a bit. You know, they're 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 listening, they're there, and yeah, they kind of you kind of can relate. Yeah. Got a WhatsApp group. We've got the WhatsApp group. Um, we're always chatting the WhatsApp group. We're always like checking on each other and see how we're all getting on. Um. I think that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most is, you know, like Sarah mentioned there, we've all had kids around the same age, we all got married around the same age, and with lockdown and stuff, the kids haven't been able to play with each other, so, you know, Josh shows me videos of his daughter, and, you know, I show him videos of my son, and Wooksy, and we all all share with our kids, and I can't wait for them to be able to all play together, actually, and, and, you know, be together on the field and things like that, that would be pretty special. Oh, yeah. Um, it's easy. The good times are easy, aren't they? You know, winning the World Cup or whatever, you go out and have a great time. How do you cope when he's been dropped, or when he's when he's when he thinks he might be dropped, or yeah, you know, when there's a big black cloud hanging overhead? How do you cope with that? I think we just, you know, I support him the best I can. I try and reassure him, and uh, we're just just distracted, don't I? Take your mind off things, and it's nice when you if if something happens like that and you come home, we do things to just take your mind off it because you kind of just sit and dwell, can you? Well, I'm, I'm not great at that, but I remember um, Sarah actually helped me on the ball machine once and was criticising my baton. Uh, <laughs> well, that wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> well, you were feeding the ball machine. Yeah, she was feeding the So we went to, we went to the local um, indoor centre and uh, it was before the South Africa tour, actually, and my dad and a guy called Steve Chapman, who was at Durham, they were the main guys who would feed me and they couldn't get there that day. So Sarah came along 
and of course then I went to South Africa and I got some runs and Sarah well that's because of me you see I was giving you so she, she wants to be my personal batting coach now which uh which I hope in, if if I'm batting when you're listening to this in Australia I hope I've managed to get some and no doubt she'll be taking the credit again yeah yeah the thing is so when you do go through sort of injuries or um sort of like being dropped and and whatnot it's hard for me to kind of understand what's that what that's like because you have to try and visualize visualize yourself in those shoes i'm just an outsider like looking in so you've just got to do and it's so public too isn't it i mean not everyone's talking about it but i mean you feel like everyone's talking about it yeah this is it and with the social media and things like that i think the best advice is just to for mark when he's gone through moments like that is just to switch off from social media just do you and not really think too much about it because you can dig yourself into a deeper hole, can't you? So, but yeah, just try and distract and uh, stay positive. It's interesting, but you can see by, by listening to you how, how you can see how your relationship works, don't you? Because you're, you're obviously very positive as well, aren't you? And you really see the good things in, in, in this relationship. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And when he's on tour and, and whatnot, we, yeah. Uh, We'll, have it, we'll try the best to have it, like a good time, go to, like I say, nice places. And the worst, worst things about it can be that when you're, say, playing test cricket, you're away for like five days. So that's five days that you're going to be on your own for. But in that, in that time, all the girls meet up and will organise to do things and go to the beach or, you know, go to the park. And when you've got kids... You're always doing play dates and things like that to to fill up your time and fill up your days. It's just, it's not always to be seen as a holiday as such. And also there's like a curfew as well. You have to be in the hotels by by midnight. So because of that restriction, you're not always allowed to, well, you can't go out and about. I can completely ruin your day though, Connor. Like you've had a great day out. Like if you switch away from the cricket, because you go at the cricket often, don't you? Like go at the match. And then if you have like a couple of hours away and I've done badly in those couple of hours, I'll come back in and I'm really annoyed and stuff and say, oh, we've had a great time. Oh, great. You've had a great time. I've gotten smashed all over. Um, so sometimes it can be, it can affect my mood and stuff if I've had a bad day. But Sarah picks it up well when I'm away on tour. And I think that's the plus side of having your partner away with you. And now my son, if he comes, is that, you know, you can completely switch off from that. You can do other things where you're not focused on that. But it, it's hard for, it was hard for Sarah in those places at times because, you know, although the girls are great and they're friendly, you know, it's not like our best friend from home has gone with her or our mum. You're joined together by the same thing that all the husbands and the boyfriends play cricket. So um, you're sort of just trying to get along with people and trying to do different things. But people, you know, some people have children, some people have other things. So you're trying to find, you know, something to do in the day of that rather than just um, sit in the hotel room. But again, we're very lucky. It could be sad at home in the freezing cold rain here in Ashton. Exactly. And we get to go to fantastic places, great hotels. I think when we go to visit like you on tour, we're not a distraction as what some people may think families are, that when they're there, they're a big distraction and it can affect the player's performance and things. But really, from my experience, I find that it has the opposite where, you know, when you come home, to the, well, come back to the hotel room, 
you're not coming to an empty room by yourself sitting with your thoughts you're coming to see your loved ones and there's nothing more happier than seeing your son so like ecstatic to see their dad and like arms wide open to give you a big cuddle at the end of the day whether the day is like good or bad and because we've like been amongst this so the, the cricket and will for such a long time very understanding of your needs of needing that time to switch off mentally maybe having that time for yourself on your own having an early night you know what I mean or just sometimes when you're away for such a long time there are things like tragedies and stuff that goes on that people wouldn't necessarily think about that you that you're not there for or that you're not there to kind of support like say me through or if something happened to you on your, on your side of the family, I'm not there to support you because you're so far away. Mm. And then as well, when you're pregnant, I know a lot of wives who have had babies and their husbands haven't been there because they've been playing cricket. They're in Australia and you, you know, you can get you can have a baby at any time. It can come when it wants to come. So even though you've got your due date, you can miss out on those sort of special moments as well. Which is like the like downside to I think, to work and uh, yeah, away. I think, it, but as well though, when I'm when I'm, it might be perceived that you know I'm away, I'm going here, I'm going around the country, I'm going there, I'm going there, but actually waking up day after day in the same house and like during lockdown and stuff. Yeah. Like whereas mentally I'm fresh because I'm doing something else, then I'm coming back, then I'm doing something else, then I'm coming back. Or Sarah has had that constant, same you know almost deja vu, wake up Groundhog Day yeah. kind of feeling, which is tough at times Carter like that yeah. but everybody's been through that and that's what's been difficult but to think that you know as a cricketer I've been lucky enough to be able to go somewhere or play cricket or do something that I enjoy whereas Sarah's had to pick up the brunt of it at home and continue that sort of family yeah. life without and like when I really think about it I think being together on tour is better being together than it is obviously like being apart and as much as that you're I might see it a lot when you are on tour being at home without you is just I find it quite hard especially having Harry sometimes when it's been very long periods like you say it's like Groundhog Day every day and um, when you're married you're in a partnership so you do things together you make decisions together you share in like the responsibilities of your children and of your household and stuff like that and you make the, those decisions together and when you're not there uh, it's all kind of dependent upon me because I'm the one that's looking after Harry. Well it's an eye-opening insight isn't it into how hard but also how rewarding life can be as the partner of a cricketer. Wood's one of 10 players in England's 18-man squad to have never played a test in Australia but what can they learn from previous tours? Australia's a wonderful country. You feel like it is England versus Australia over there. It's not just England versus the Australian cricket team, it's England versus Australia. I think it was 2006 we went to Australia and we were, we were talking about things like how we look when we get off the plane. We've got to be in suits to make sure we, we make a good impression when we get off the plane. But actually, who cares about that? You know, it's about how you perform on the field. You can't go to Australia bunker down and, and have a lot of success. I think you, you, you do need that support system around. That's next time on Project Ashes. Match of 
the day. Top 10 podcast. Gary Lineker here to bring you a little message. Match of the day. Top 10 podcast is back once again exclusively on BBC Sounds. It's too late for me now, man. Yeah. yeah, it's too yeah. late. It's I'm going to get some more dates for match of the day then. <laughs> Yes, myself, Alan, and the busiest man in football punditry, Micah Richards, return for Series 5. He was never going to Man City. Man, man United could never, ever have allowed Cristiano Ronaldo to have gone to Manchester City. The Match of the Day Top 10 podcast, only available on BBC Sounds.